They say the masses can't be reached with poetry. The, the spectrum isn't broad enough to get my point across, so I'm going from writing words to writing code and making educational video games. See, not everybody gets multi-directional poetry. So instead of trying to confuse you with a piece that goes up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right with BA format, I'm selecting to start a new process that won't take Billy over here 30 lifetimes to figure out. Rotating pieces of information to send on pipelines and what filled your mind. I'm going from paper to virtual. Boy, this should do the trick. Prescribing you with the right blue, red, and yellow pills. I've been empty in reality with a GPA of 16 bit by BitWatch. We get my point across. Call me. You're dealing Dr. Mario. Only my mushrooms give you growth on the personal level. And the plants I grow will cause smoking them to shoot fire at all your friends. Hop on my back if you can't make this truck alone. I will be your Yoshi and save your mind from moving at turtle speed. Because trying to fly an insufficient wing will cause you to fall like Icarus and be thrown around at others' discretion once ignorance and foolishness land on your back. I'm here to educate you on a creative, comical, and familiar level. I'm a Triforce not to be messed with. Giving you halos of knowledge. Teaching you to headshot the evil that is resident in your thoughts. My shots of wisdom are nothing shy of Mega Man. Why did I think of it sooner? Because going ghost mode on your defenses to overcome your pitfalls is my call of duty. I'm going to take you past this world of war, crafting, rhyme scheme, shooting, laser beams. I'll use electronics to be twice the fire as if I were a double dragon. Because my words have the might to bring out your magic. I'm a wizard at this. Teach you a new game, Genie. Three new ways for you to get ahead in the hopes that in doing so, you can connect to your dreams so we can upgrade ourselves to make 360 so profound you rumble out 64 things that are holding you back. Find a way with so much accuracy, you'd swear I had a super scope on six destructive habits. Because by the time I'm done with you, you'll be known as a legend, dressed in gold, nicknamed Zelda, and I'm going to hold you down like a Nintendo cartridge to do it. I'll take three taps to your attention span, blow knowledge through your mind, move counterclockwise five times through your subconscious, move forward through your defenses down into your heart, hold down the reset buttons on troubled youth to make sure it sits right, because I take no chances when I start to save you. I'm here to bring you knowledge of sonic speed, so knuckle up and make those who are too foolish to play tuck tails and float away, because trying to level up your life using destructive means is like trying to shoot the dog and duck hunt. And no matter how hard you try... And try, and keep on trying, you're never going to hit your target. There's always going to be a second player controlling what you're really aiming for. And that is Nintendo Power for your life. SFP. Listening to Fair Point. I'm Nathan Capiser. I'm Craig Lewis. And today, phoning in to the secret room with us, we have a spoken word aficionado, slam artist, DDE the Slammer, is here with us. Uh, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. How you guys doing? So you're for you're sure, on the road sure. right now, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm on the road. I'm driving through Kentucky right now. 
What the hell are you doing down there? You're from uh, Indianapolis, right? Right. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. I, uh, I'm i heading down to Connecticut, Georgia. I'm doing a show there tonight. And then uh, tomorrow I'm doing Jacksonville, Florida, and then a couple other shows throughout the week. Sweet. That's awesome. Guys, awesome. saw some gigs lined up, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice little gig. 15 minutes from the beach. I'm pretty much going to do precisely not shit for the entire day. <laughs> That's awesome. Very jealous of you. Very jealous of you. Um, how long have you been doing spoken word poetry professionally? Professionally, I've been doing it since 2007. Okay. Um, I've been writing for a long time, and like I touched the mic a couple times, and then just decided back in 07, uh, while I was stationed in Germany, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of good at this. I, I might be able to make something out of this. So I uh, I came up with the with the moniker DDE, uh, the slammer, because I do a bunch of slam poetry competition. Just It works. And, uh, yeah, just started touring, going to shows. Just uh, At the beginning, I didn't even have anything booked. I was just kind of going on my own dime and uh, doing competitions or just doing little open mics and everything, just getting my name out. Do you remember what the first poem you ever wrote was? How long ago was that? Or do you remember when you first started? Uh, the first poem I ever wrote was in, like, ninth grade. Uh, it was, like, a love poem to a chick or something. I, okay. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember finding it, like, a couple of years ago, looking at it and go, oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> and and the second poem was when you guys broke up and it was even worse, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> awesome. So what gives you the inspiration to, to write? Like, when did you decide that you wanted to start writing poetry? Like, you just thought you were good at it? Yeah, it was just something that, like, I had tried because um, I was just trying to impress the chick, and then I did it. And then I wrote a couple other ones just on various stuff and just kind of looked down and went, hey, I'm, ain't too bad. Ain't too bad. So, uh, so I just started, you know, dabbling into it every once in a while, and then... Throughout the years, getting into it a little more and more, and now I write all the time. Are there uh, any other poets that give you inspiration? Uh, yeah, I mean, Indianapolis has a really good core group of poets. A really good friend of mine, Gabrielle Patterson, she's like a big sister to me. Whenever I have new poems, I use, she's usually one of, if not the first person I call to teach and get advice on stuff. Um JT the Juggernaut out of Columbus, Ohio, is a really good friend of mine. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of poets that I really look up. Some of them I know, and some I just look up to. Um, I'm a huge fan of like Bosia, Lemon Anderson, Buddy Wakefield, uh, Truth Be Told, and Future, both really good friends of mine. Like, I love what Ed Mabry does. I love what Saul Williams does. Uh, there's a guy called Lyrically Blessed out of North Carolina that has some really great concepts that I like watching him perform a lot. There's all sorts of people, like, list goes on and on. And, and the cool thing about poetry is a lot of poetry, like, heroes I've met. So, so it's like I've actually had the opportunity to meet these people. Um, like, what are some of the, the big themes? I mean, obviously I'm familiar with some of them, but uh, for the sake of our listeners, uh, what are some of the big themes that are really important to you that kind of seem to pop up a lot in your work? Uh, a lot of stuff on various forms of equality matter a lot to me. I do a lot of on social issues as far as, uh, like, domestic violence things. I touch on that a lot. Uh, things about uh, struggles with veterans, uh, especially with, like, guilt and drinking and everything. I do a lot on immigration and Mexican rights. I'm born in Mexico, so, like, it, it has a strong personal connection to me. And just pretty much anything and everything. 
I really liked you had a track. I think it might have been the last track. Uh, I was checking out your album, Common Sense Shoryuken, which if anybody's interested, uh, you can actually buy it. It's up on sale on Bandcamp. I think it was like the last track had a lot to do with uh, Mexican immigration and um, like the the role played in this contemporary society and all that. You know, right. I, I really like that a lot. Yeah, that that poem is anyone that's seen me perform. I almost always get asked to do that poem. The title of it is Pistoleros for Palace. Yes. Um, I wrote that poem right after Arizona released its uh, like paper sleeves law. Sorry, I was checking my GPS. Um, when Arizona released its paper sleeve law, which is pretty much a it, it's a racial profiling law. That's all it is. Oh, lovely. Uh, when they when they released that back in. Oh gosh, what was that? 2010, I think it was. Okay. Uh, 2010 or 2011, I can't remember which. But uh, when they released that, I sat down and wrote it. I've been wanting to write that particular piece for a long time, and I was just waiting for the right time to write it, like when I when I felt like it was time to write it. And once they announced the Papers, Please Law, where if you have an accent, they can demand proof of citizenship, that one just kind of like set me what? off, and that was, that was when I knew it was time to write it. It literally addresses, like, if you have an accent or, like, a uh, mannerism of speech. Seriously? People thinking that they're being super patriotic are actually being quite un-American. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are, a lot of people like to use patriotism as an excuse to be an asshole. Yeah. And that, that's pretty much what it is. Which, you know, I mean, common sense and compassion should always come before, uh, you know, patriotism and nationalism. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, uh, I think it's Davenport, Iowa, I think is the city, where the mayor wants to open up a center for the Central American refugees, and everyone's getting pissed off at him about it, because they're like, oh, they're a bunch of legal immigrants. No, they're not. Like, everybody who's Hispanic is not Mexican. (laughs) Like, these, these are kids from, like, Central America, whose countries are pretty much going through huge civil wars, or not civil wars, but they're pretty much going through war. And these kids have lost their entire families. Like, these are just refugees. And this country's become so close-minded about anybody coming in that they just foresee anyone as an enemy. And it's, it's ridiculous. I, I, and, I, and I love it when people say, I love it when people say that, that they're getting their job stolen. Because if you actually lost your job to someone who doesn't speak English, that doesn't speak too highly of you. <laughs> because I, I work in restaurants. Haven't we all? And all, all, all I'm saying is every time we've had a white dishwasher, he didn't last too long. <laughs> so you, you do often incorporate like comedy and wit into your poetry. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, your poetry also obviously, is, as we're discussing right now, tackles very real like, and or serious issues. Um, is there anything that you feel is beyond us comedic approach or anything too sacred to joke about or too important and serious to insert a bit of wit into? Um. That, that's that's the beauty of poetry. I mean, there's times where you really, where if, if you're going to grow as a poet, you have to challenge yourself. And every once in a while, you have to pick that topic that, that you might not feel comfortable talking about. I mean, uh, that poem, Pistolaris Robales, I've done it in a room full of people where half of them got pissed off at me for one reason or another. You know, I mean, I, I have... Um, I have poems where people are like, no, I don't agree with anything you just said, and it sets them off. And, you know, the poem isn't necessarily meant to piss you off to be a dick sometimes. But, like, <laughs> depends some, on who you some are. Poems are. Some poems are specifically written, like, it's supposed to anger you for the simple fact that it's supposed to make you think 
about what, because hopefully it makes you think of why it angers you. So would a central theme maybe be like, wake up, people? <laughs> yeah, basically. It, it's basically me going, okay, you believe in this. I'm going to tell you why I think you're wrong. And then I want you to evaluate that and come back to me later. And if they come back to you with anything other than anger, you're like, well, at least I opened your eyes to make you think about it. Oh, I, I, I love discussion like that. Like, I, I love opening up for discussion because if I'm going to write about a topic, now I'm not going to write about a topic that I don't know anything about. I, I'm not going to end, like, if I don't have a lot of knowledge on the subject, I'm not going to enter a debate with it because if I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, in the end, I just look like a jackass. Right. And that completely kills my point if it's valid or not. So, like, I'll do research on stuff. And, uh... So that's the exact but, opposite and, and, approach that we take to this podcast, oh, where we just we just end up looking like jackasses either way. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... I mean, there's been times where someone's been like, no, this is all why you're wrong. And I'm like, oh, okay. There's times where I'm wrong. I'm like, okay, I'll admit that. Yeah, but I mean, I'm there's no reason to get, to get angry. <laughs> I mean, you should be able to... Uh, the, if the art is well-made and eloquently presented like it's it's great poetry whether or not you agree with every every single thing in there and it oh yeah does make you think there's no reason not to think about something just because you don't agree with it oh yeah i mean there's some poems that that are out there that are that i will admit are excellent poems i don't agree with a damn thing in the poem <laughs> but it's a very well written poem i just think it's a poem full of bullshit <laughs> that's okay you know i mean everyone's entitled to their own opinion and that's the beauty of it. I mean, it's such a connection with people. And a lot, a lot of people use it either as a way to self-heal or to try to heal others or to get an opinion across. Because, like, with me, like, I can never be a preacher. I'm, I'm, I don't lead a good example. I'm, I'm not that holy. Uh, really not that pure. But... With my poetry, like, that's how I'm able to reach to people, you know? I mean, that's how I'm able to hear, heal them and to to get a message out to people and everything like that. And, you know, I have fun doing it. It's something I enjoy doing, and I get paid for it. So, you know, but you can't, can't really beat, beat that. that. No, exactly. Jinx, wow. you owe me a Pepsi. Have you ever considered, like, writing any other mediums, like songs, novels, short stories, screenplays? Uh, or have you ever actually attempted or tried any of that? I mean, I've contemplated it. Um, I've dabbled a little bit in song stuff. Um, I wouldn't be able to sing it because I sing like old people screw. It just doesn't work out. <laughs> um, I, I've contemplated like when I actually, when I was a kid, I, uh, I used to write little science, like when I was in like eighth grade, I had little like science fiction stories. That's amazing. Um, what, like, can you remember um, the basic premises? I remember the the main guy was like this alien who was kind of like a almost like a cyborg. Okay. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, <laughs> but uh, he uh, he was like a cyborg, but he had like mutant powers. He was kind of like Cable, only more badass. Okay, absolutely. It was the nineties. You've been all over the place too, which I was really uh, interested to see when I looked you up that you had actually been to Germany. Is there any other really cool places, maybe overseas, or just what? What's like? What are some of the coolest places that you visited doing poetry? Um, Germany's the only place I performed at outside of the U.S. Um, I was in L.A. back in May. I actually did the taping for Verses and Flow. It's a TV. It's a, like a poetry and R&B TV series. Okay. It's actually August 16th is when the season's going to premiere. 
Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be my episode or not. I just know that's when the season's starting. So they flew me out to L.A., put me in a hotel that's nicer in, like, the last three apartments I've lived in. And that was really cool. Like, I was right there on Hollywood and Vine. Um, I got to eat at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, which is freaking amazing. <laughs> um, so I love that. Uh, anytime I go to New York City, I'll hit up a couple spots and everything like that. I got to do a show. One of them that Mike Geffner hosts. I didn't feature it. I just did the open mic. But I got to meet him, and he's an awesome guy. He does a lot with poetry in New York City. Actually, when I met you guys, I was in town for WordFest, which uh, is like a week-long annual poetry festival in Albany, New York. And how did that go? So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I was at the Nitty Gritty Slam. Uh, I did. The, they were doing like a haiku deathmatch battle, which haiku poetry competitions are friggin' hilarious to watch <laughs> because because people will just have the most random off the wall stuff, and it's just funny as hell. I can't haiku to save my life. Yeah, I've me tried. Either. It just, it's terrible. I mean, it's its meant for the Japanese language. I've never been into them, and I think it's because they don't translate well into English. Yeah, but so when people try to write them, like make up their own, it's just really, really entertaining to to see. It's, it's, it kind of sounds very trite, right? Yeah, um, it's they and they do it over everything. Like, the, at that one, some people are doing it over serious stuff. Others were doing... Um, but they're pretty much just bashing each other, just kind of playing around, or like really weird sexual stuff. <laughs> uh, it's pretty much like, and that's the other good thing about poetry. Like you never know what you're gonna say. Yeah, I, I I know I know a poet in Indy that half of her poems are about God and the other half are about being a hoe. Like it just. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's amazing to watch. <laughs> that's the thing about poetry, though. There's so many different aspects of life to be captured there it's not all black and white hey hoes need religion too right <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly see she found religion so like the whole stuff mostly her old stuff and then the religious stuff the new stuff i respect it you get you, you get to see transition it's funny as hell now we we've asked you a bunch of questions uh you've given us acceptable answers <laughs> acceptable <laughs> exceptional is the word Except- you're looking for Craig. I'm sorry, I'm oh i'll say acceptable Oh, exceptional no, that's cool. is what he meant uh, to say. Uh, no, I'm just a dick sometimes. Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> um, now I have a really serious question to ask you. Hi. Dealing with our topic today, which we haven't told anybody, we will soon. What is your favorite video game of all time? Of all time, uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go old school. I'm gonna have to say it's a tie. It's a tie between Mario Brothers Three and Legend of Zelda. Which Legend of Zelda? The original. The the original the gold the gold case. Hold on, Nathan. Nathan, don't jump at him. You didn't say Chrono Trigger. <laughs> Good answers. No, those are great. No, answers. those are great video games. I love my favorite yeah, Legend Chrono of Zelda. Chrono Trigger's nice. Oh yeah, definitely. I love the Super Nintendo Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. That's definitely my favorite Zelda. That one was really good too. Mario that one, Three that though. One was really good. It's hard to beat Mario yeah, Three. That Mario game's 3 infinitely replayable. Was. Oh yeah. Like Mario Three made up for for Mario Brothers Two. Ah. Uh... Like, yeah. Mario Brothers 2 and Street Fighter 1 are, like, the cousin that nobody wants to talk about. Like, I, I don't remember Street Fighter 1 at all, and hardly anyone remembers Mario Brothers 2. Well, Everyone's like, they just skipped. Do you know the story of Mario Brothers 2? It's not actually a Mario game originally. Really? It, yeah, it was originally this other game. Um, all the characters were kind of based on, like, uh, Arabian Night type uh, mythology. 
And that's why there's so many flying carpets and like all the shy guys and all those enemies that became like classic Mario bad guys from that game were originally some other game. The original Mario Brothers 2 was if you have you ever played um Lost Levels. Yeah, the Lost Levels which was on Super oh, Mario yeah. All Stars. That was Mario Brothers 2 but they thought it was too difficult for an American audience. Us dumb Americans cuz <laughs> it's difficult. So they took some other game and just plastered Mario characters on it. Yeah, yeah, because Contra wasn't too difficult. <laughs> right, seriously. Well, if you had the Konami code, it, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, if you got the code, you were good. And, and it's funny you say Shy Guy. There's actually a DJ in Indianapolis that's called Shy Guy Says, and when he performs, he wears a Shy Guy mask. Oh, it's it's awesome to watch. That is the coolest thing ever. I'm gonna. Is he on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, he's on YouTube. He's on, like, my fan page, all that stuff. If you look up Shy Guy Says. We'll check him out. Um, you're on YouTube as well. Everybody check out DDE the Slammer on YouTube. Um, there's tons of videos that other people have posted of you too. So yeah, check out that channel. Um, before we get into our big console wars discussion that we're about to do here, w- uh, would you be down for performing another poem for us and our listeners? Sure, I can do another one for you. That'd be awesome. Throw something at us. All right. Now I'm going to tell you the basis behind this song because we're, we're we're having fun, so I'm going to keep it with fun. Um, I said how with poetry, everyone does all sorts of different types of poems. We, we do have a problem with some poets that we call microphone masturbators. Now, a microphone masturbator feels like their entire purpose of writing a poem is to tell everybody in the room how awesome they are. And that, <laughs> that makes, makes up like sense. 80% of their poems. Yeah, become a rapper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah rap. basically. Uh, or, and <laughs> some, and a lot of those are like failed rappers. Um, and so I decided I was going to call them out. But when you're a poet, you can't just call somebody out. You have to be creative about it. So I decided, because I was thinking about this idea, and I was looking at their channels while I was thinking about it, and, like, Nickelodeon came on, and I decided what better way to make fun of somebody than using their entire childhood. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, so I'm poem, so in. You know how to play to your audience, sir. This poem's called Nickelodeon. To all the microphone masturbators who think poetry is a means to tell everyone how amazing they are, I'd say simmer down, stick sickly. I know you think you're feet in this audience, but you're really nothing more than a good burger with nothing on it. No meat. All buns. Because you're talking out your ass and starving this audience. See, your poetry leaves a taste in my mouth so bad I want to call them off a waffle. You were Asian? Your pen name will be Ugly. Now, I realize in the past someone told you you was all that, so call me Rocco. I'm going to reach down under and bring you back to a modern life, because in reality, you're more annoying than a red-headed little brother. I think I'll call you Ferguson, because Clarissa couldn't even explain it all to you. I mean, hey, dude, what we should do is take all your poems and set them up a flagpole for everyone to laugh at. You see me? My work has more depth than a short story, so from Naptown to Camp Onawana, everyone salutes my shorts. And my poetic armor's indestructible. I write lines all day to reinforce it so my armor won't nick at night, but you can't see me at that level because you're too afraid of the dark. My fresh is princely. Feel me if you want, but you can't even judge me. I can make the Carlton look good, but I'd much rather Doug, Eve, do, 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 do. Don't think you can eat at my table, son. You ain't hungry enough, see? Pork chops won't feed me. I need a double patty with mayonnaise. Tommy put pickles on this. Hey, Arnold, throw the whole thing on a spike dog kebab style for me. I hope you have a hidden temple to run to because I'm a real monster. Leave you screaming, ah, because you ain't got the gut. That's why I get letters in the mail saying, dear DDE, that's me. 
Come save us from the damage this whack-ass poet left on stage and be our repair. Man, 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 man. Because they love what I do on stage. They say my is cool. They can't stand your sorry ass. That's why yo is boo. See, I'm more soulless than two gingers. I'm a Pete Pete of poetry. I'm a fat man with skinny guy energy. I'm the Keenan and Kel of this mic. More love than orange soda. While you're more ridiculous than a fat kid in a rain suit speaking fake French to a rubber ducky in a bathtub. That's why my tours get nicknamed Nick and Nick, Nick and Nick, 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 Nick of Lodeon. And if you miss what I do on stage, you're going to have to catch me on YouTube. Because what I do with my work, can't say that on television. That's that piece. Ah! <laughs> Favorite, like, retweet, share, all the above, <laughs> social media. Oh, that's, that was my child. Wow, you spoke to every single show I watched except for Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> you didn't like Legends of the Hidden Temple, Craig? Well, no, I, did you make a Legends of the Hidden Temple reference and I missed it? Yeah, you better find a hidden temple to run to. You better press rewind yeah. and listen to that shit again, yeah, son. <laughs> Okay, yes, Yeah, I just, and, and the funny thing is, like, I remembered all the shows. I just kind of sat, like, I just sat down and made a list of a whole bunch of stuff and then just kind of went from there. I love it. I absolutely love it, man. Uh, so good. So good. Okay, so here's something kind of cool that I'm not sure if everybody realized or not, but I believe we have a representative here for each uh, participant in the console wars. I'm a really big Nintendo fanboy. I'm more of an Xbox guy. I'm PlayStation right now. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll come right out and say that I think uh, PlayStation, Sony has the superior system right now, but I can't help but... Still, I'm a Nintendo fanboy at heart, and I love everything that Nintendo's doing, and I kind of wish the other consoles would take a few hints from Nintendo, but Nintendo at the same time does need to take a bunch of hints from them, so I don't know. And I guess, like, I can admit that at the moment, PS4 seems like the better option to go with, which kind of saddens me, but at the same time, I haven't bought a new system yet, so we'll see. Are you, do you have a PS4? Uh, I don't yet. Um, I'm going to wait till it drops a little bit. PlayStation, the, Good call. The one, the one drawback with PlayStation is, and actually Xbox has the same problem. I'll admit, we, Nintendo's the only one that doesn't have this problem. Xboxes and PlayStations are like iPhones. You can get the new one when it first comes out, or you can wait six months until all the bugs are out and then save 100 bucks. Yeah, but it gets fixed PlayStation's up. got Bluetooth. And not this time, but I'll explain Three, you can play your games online without paying. With a PlayStation Four, you have to now. But a lot of like three, like you can. I don't know about the Xbox One, but I know with PlayStation Four, if you pay to play it online, you get a lot of free game downloads. Yeah, PlayStation Plus is phenomenal. I got Xbox Gold. Uh, I get three free games a month to download. That switches up. Sometimes they're good. I just downloaded Street Fighter Four for free, so. All those guys that paid 60 bucks for the disc over a year and a half ago. Ha ha. PlayStation <laughs> Plus is always PlayStation, giving out free games. Street Fighter 4 was capable. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm more of a Mortal Kombat guy personally. I, I liked Mortal Kombat. I was I was kind of sad about Marvel or uh, uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC because that was ridiculously yeah. lopsided. Yeah, the the heroic brutalities like killed it for me. I was like, oh, come on, it's, just give them a fatality. And it's not an iconic matchup, I don't think. Like yeah. Street Fighter versus DC would have made more sense, and even that is weird. Now, now Marvel versus Capcom. Oh, brilliant. that game is solid. Yeah, every time. That's solid. So, do you like number two or number three better? I like number three better. Okay. Um, I, actually, I like the one the best, but I'm not going to pay over $100 for a Xbox or a PS1 game. <laughs> That's how right. much it goes for. <laughs> Seriously. Fair enough. I was thinking the same thing when I uh, tried to get myself a copy of Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo, and I was like, oh, $400. No, no, <laughs> it's got the box, though. Yeah, that, that's not happening. <laughs> The newest Marvel vs. Capcom is a really fun game. Uh, the final boss go is, is a bitch to beat, but it, it's doable. You just you got to put a lot of work into it, and he is a cheating bastard, but it's not overly impossible to do. You're just going to have to be frustrated for a while. Who's your, do you have a special team of three? Uh, I generally ran uh, Wolverine, Iron Man and Dante. Yeah, I knew you'd have Iron Man on there, you cheap bastard. <laughs> I won't. I won't play somebody who's playing Iron Man. I'm like, no, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> I uh, I liked Amaterasu, uh, X23, and geez, who was my third player? I cannot remember. I, actually, I, actually, Iron Man's interchangeable. He's interchangeable between two people. If I feel like being a dick more than using Iron Man, then I'll use Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. If I, I just want to laugh the whole time, I'm using Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool. I love Deadpool. Deadpool's one of my guys that I play with. I love Deadpool. Pineapple Surprise! I was, I was a little bitter about... Um, Spider-Man was one of my main players in number two, but his play style is so different in number three, and I just don't like it. I, I can't, I can't oh, do dude, it. Oh, dude, they, they nerfed him so badly. You yeah. know what? Spider-Man became the Johnny Cage of... Marvel versus Capcom. Nobody can play him, but if the computer plays him, he'll hit your ass every time. <laughs> like, like you just look at Johnny Cage. Like, how the fuck does that happen? <laughs> how do well, How do you feel about the new Mortal Kombat X coming out? I've I've looked into it a little bit. Um, I like Mortal Kombat. The thing, it, I this one looks like it's going to be different. The one the one downside that I've had with Mortal Kombat is the play style is really similar a lot. Um, there's not too... Like, even when they give a new character, they're really similar, which you run into that with Street Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. But I think you run into a little more monotony with Mortal Kombat as far as change, a lack of change with it. Yeah, I... Um... I prefer old Mortal Kombat just aesthetically to the new Mortal Kombat, but I still like it. This new one's kind of weird. Did you see that you can play as uh, Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage's daughter? Oh. Yeah, that's a character, apparently. Now, now the one where you can play is Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger put in work. <laughs> like, Freddy Krueger would, would fuck up everybody. Yeah, I thought it was so weird for me to see him with two gloves. I, I They have a in-story explanation for that, but I, I seriously wonder if the game developers just fucked up and were like, oh, shit, we got to cover our ass. <laughs> they made the whole game that went, hey, you guys do realize you only have one glove, right? <laughs> No. And everyone just went, oh, shit. 
Well, we could reprogram all of Freddy Krueger's graphics and moves, or we could say that he found another gauntlet after he came to the... I got it. It's a quick fix, Jenny. That's actually kind of why the Hulk became green. The Hulk was originally going to be gray, the Incredible Hulk in Marvel Comics. Yeah, he was originally gray. um, But when uh, when they printed out the comics, the gray came out as green, and they're like, you know what? Screw it. I like this better. Did you know that uh, um, Smithers on um, The Simpsons was originally black? I'm not <laughs> I didn't lying. Know that. Um, he um, was always intended to be yellow, I guess. I guess there are no white people in The Simpsons. But uh, <laughs> he was always intended to be yellow, but there was a mix up in direction to the animation department. So they actually made him a black guy. Yeah, yeah. In the first uh, couple seasons, he was like a. First, I think it was just a couple episodes. They were originally like, oh, cool, you know what? We don't have enough black characters. Why don't we just leave it this way? And then somebody pointed out, do we really want one of our only black characters to be this super subservient, basically manservant to the richest tycoon in town? And they're like, eh, good call. Let's just, let's just make him a white guy. What are you, is there anything upcoming, uh, upcoming games that you're really looking forward to? Um, I'm always looking forward to Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I love it. I'm that guy. I I like doing first-person shooters just to find that one really sensitive guy that gets mad all the time and then just talking shit to him the entire time. (laughs) Oh, that's me. You found me. (laughs) Oh, I actually, one of the Call of Duties, I think it was uh, Modern Warfare 2 was out, and I'm standing in the video game store like for the midnight release, and there's three 15-year-olds in there, just little bastards. They're sitting there like, oh, this guy looks like he lives in my basement. It's like they're, they're talking shit like they're on the game. <laughs> and so I just looked at them. I'm like, hey, don't kid, you Don't you guys you're realize not you can mo- get punched? You're not in your mom's basement. And I'm not above whipping your scrawny ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got all terrified and left. <laughs> Everyone just looked at me. Like half of the people were looking like, that was a dick move. And the other half were looking at me like, well, play. Uh, well, How about the uh, new Batman game? Are you a Batman fan? Oh my god, the, the things they've done with the Batman games are just extraordinary. Yes. I've got Arkham City, absolutely love it. Uh, I got that before I got Arkham or- or Arkham Asylum. Okay. But yeah, Ar- Ar- Arkham Origins, I'm pretty, pretty happy about. Like, I saw that. I haven't been able to watch too much about what's upcoming game-wise. I've just been real busy with stuff. But uh yeah, I saw a little bit of it, and if it's anywhere near as good as Arkham City, then I'm probably going to squeal like a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> you can drive the Batmobile in the new one, and yes. <laughs> yeah, it looks <laughs> it looks really cool. The graphics are yeah, phenomenal. Pretty sure this is going to be the game that gets me to buy one of the next-gen consoles. Nice, nice. I, uh, the only problem with games like that, it's, it's like when GTA Five came out, I had to wait until... I was done with, like, this hard-ass class that I had because I knew that once I bought it, I wasn't going to be productive for the next, like, month and a half. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not doing shit for about a month and a half but play this game. (laughs) Oh, yeah. GTA Five was fantastic. Hey, that's an investment you spent on that game. You have to make sure you use it. Yeah, and and if anything, I actually save a lot of money with games like that because I just don't go out. (laughs) Right, there you go. Bam. Exactly. I buy a six-pack or... A bottle or whatever and just chill at the house and reflect on whether or not I'm single at the time. Yeah, Arkham City was uh, probably one of my favorite games of recent memory playing. It was just, every from the start to finish, it was just like phenomenal. Ar- Arkham City did a really good job at being an open world game 
that had the perfect level of challenging to it. Like, it was challenging, but it wasn't too hard, and it wasn't boring or repetitious. Like, there was so much variety in it, and the fact that you could pretty much go any order you wanted in playing the game, plus finding, like, the little, like, Riddler clues and the uh, little Bane jars and everything like that. Like, it gave you those little extra things. Yeah, the Easter eggs, like the um, and the side quests, like the was it Victor Zaz that you would that would call you on the payphones. Yeah, that that all lended to the atmosphere. And I agree with you. The gameplay, like I'm not as hardcore gamer as I was when I was younger. I don't play a lot, so I'm not that good. So this game really balanced being able to. I could play it, but a hardcore gamer could play it and enjoy it just as much. Yeah, and that's the thing that I like too. It lets you choose how you wanted to do your gadgets, so it really lets you choose what you wanted to do with your gameplay. Yeah. Like, Final Fantasy used to let you do that to a point, but really the characters were basically this, this, and this. Now, X2, like, a lot of people talk shit about Final Fantasy X2. I loved it. Really? It was three... You only had to level up three characters, (laughs) but you could play them, like, however you wanted. Um, What's your favorite Final Fantasy? Uh... Uh, seven. Yes. Okay. Now, now I haven't. Now I haven't played anything since X or since twelve. I never played thirteen. Fair. Twelve was twelve was fun. It just a Final Fantasy seven was the first one that I got. It's a lot of everybody's. It's I, that's my favorite. I love Final Fantasy seven. Okay. Now, 7. what's your uh, what's your fantasy? <laughs> this is the this is the section of the podcast where we get sexy. I, I don't feel comfortable sexy. saying that to two men. Um, <laughs> top, it's a top of Jello and 15 hookers. Don't ask. Um, no. <laughs> How do you feel about Pokemon? Uh, Are you a Pokemon fan at all? Uh, I, I never did the Pokemon thing. Uh, I used to play Magic. Oh, me too. Magic guy, yeah. Yeah, when, when I was a kid. Like, when Pokemon came out, I was just at the point where I was just shy of too old to play it. I, uh, like my 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 sister played it. My younger sister played it, and I taught her how to play. And then she didn't want the cards anymore. Oh, so you're I talking about them. the card game. And yeah, like I found I found them recently, and uh, I actually have a bunch that are worth like forty, fifty bucks each. I uh, when Pokemon, I was a big Magic player when Pokemon came out. Uh, the Game Boy games were the original thing, the RPGs, and when they had announced a card game. I was a big Magic player, so I was ecstatic because I loved the Game Boy games, and I was like, oh, man, I can't wait. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be like Magic, but with Pokemon. And the game, yeah, I didn't really like the card game at all. It was nothing like Magic. Didn't compare, so I didn't really play the card game much, but but I love Pokemon. I, actually, you know what? I want to I wanted get your guys' opinion about something. Oh, oh, whoa. Okay. okay. Thor, the new Disney princess. <laughs> The you're talking about um the new female Thor, yeah. I, are you do you want our opinions on what we think about it being a female or the fact that they're calling it a Disney princess or like people are? Well, they're who are people? Yeah, well on the internet. Okay, internet people. So yeah, like, like they're they're making this they're making this huge huge change because Marvel likes every once in a while just to really fuck with something that's been around forever. Yeah. And, and and here's the thing that I would like to point out. Marvel has never actually kept anyone dead. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't ki- they didn't keep the multiple man dead for God's sake. Well, you can't keep those characters dead. They're all mythological characters that have a life of their own. They will be back 
in some form or another because people will continue to tell stories about them. So that's my, I, I don't know if I have any problems with or if I like it or not because I haven't read it yet, but the the way they're stating like this is not just some, oh, this is Lady Thor or something. This is, this is Thor. Bullshit. It's going to be back to normal Thor in some amount of, you know, X amount of time. Don't try to act like it's not. Yeah, this, this is going to be like Thunderstrike. She'll get a mythological weapon of her own and go about her business. Like, I have, I have nothing against, like, having a female Thor. If, if it's written right and you make it into her own, if, if, you, if they make her into her own character, then they're fine. Yeah. If they try to make female Thor just like male Thor, they'll fail. What it is, is it's a part of, it's a lot of it has to do with Disney. It's part of the initiative because people are recognizing that there's not a lot of diversity to these teams. So they're trying to put diversity in there. And a lot of times I feel like it's doomed to fail when they're just trying to force something for the sake of forcing well, it because it comes here, from here's, the... Here's, here's, the th- here's the thing. The Avengers, if that's their excuse that they want to make diversity of the team, that's bullshit. Where the fuck's Luke Cage? plenty of females. Where the fuck's they, Black Widow? They, and, or not Black Widow, uh, Spider-Woman and uh, Spider-Woman, Marvel. Tigress. Yes. Uh, yeah, Miss Marvel, excellent character. So the th- you could have Miss Marvel and use that as a crossover with X Men. Like as far as far as the movies go, you can have Miss Marvel, and if they want to do an X Men Avengers movie, the best way they could do it is have Miss Marvel as a character, and then have Rogue steal her powers the way she does in the movie, and that triggers war with the X Men. Um, that would be a great way to do it. That would involve. But there's a lots lot of females in there. They just don't feel that. like taking the time to build them up. And I feel like the reason it's doomed to fail their approach to it is because forcing the like diversity in there, you know, for that sole purpose comes from the same exact mindset that left it out in the first place. Like it, the, the whole idea is for one, maybe give the writers more of an, uh, more of an influence in the direction the characters take because the writers are more liberally minded and write real characters, you know? And like you said, there's already existing mythology to draw from. But uh, nobody else is talking about Iron Man's new shiny silver suit. Superior Iron Man? What is he? Is he going to have Doctor Octopus I, I, in his I head now? I refuse to acknowledge Iron Man's super shiny suit. <laughs> I, I refuse to acknowledge it. Well, it's, it's true. They're also making uh, Captain America black now, right? It's uh, it's the Falcon. The Falcon, yeah. No, there, there's there's been a black Captain America before. But um, yeah, the uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a graphic novel that was written about it. Yeah, um, are they are they bringing him back, or are they just doing an all new one? No, it's it's you know the Falcon, the oh, superhero. Oh, he's gonna be Captain America. He's gonna be the new Captain America. There's been like five Captain Americas. <laughs> Seriously, I I think there's I think five is the count. Well, did you know they were um originally before the Captain America movie was made? Um, actually, before they were planning the whole Avengers multi movie crossover thing, Will Smith was considered to be. Uh, Captain America in the movie, which would have been very interesting. I don't know if Will Smith's Captain America, but well, you've seen Independence Day, right? People get behind that. I'm not saying that. Yeah, it has nothing to do with me saying Captain America shouldn't be black. I'm not saying that, but I don't know if Will Smith is Captain America. In Hollywood standards, Will Smith is America. (laughs) Now they've made they've made a lot of characters in the movies black who are white. Uh, I have no and problem Daredevil, with that. And Daredevil, which I hate to admit was a movie, uh, Kingpin was played by a black guy. Kingpin's yeah. originally like a 400-pound black guy. They did the same thing with Nick Fury. Well, I mean, capturing, Nick Fury, 
capturing the spirit and the essence of the character doesn't rely on you being the same race as the character. I mean, there are certain cases where it does. You're not going to play... I don't think you should play Moses and be a white guy, which, of course, everyone in Hollywood does. Well, there's a difference because you know, Moses was real. You can't play Malcolm X and be a white guy. Malcolm but, X was real. Oh, yeah. But no, there, there's, but, okay, but well, there's some fiction. But you can't play black... What was that? I'm sorry. They do irregularities sometimes, like in the Batman, like the original Batman movies. Yeah, Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent yes. played by a black guy in Billy one. D. Williams. Lando yes. fucking yeah. Calrissian. And then yeah. uh, Tommy Lee Jones in three. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I don't I don't see any problem. I mean, with the exception of certain characters, you can't have a white Black Panther. That would be a slap to the face to the character. Okay, you're finally giving but, fictional people. Yes, fictional characters. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for the most part, it, it's not a big deal so long as they can capture the essence and the spirit of the character. And if the essence and the spirit of the character isn't tied to a specific culture or heritage, then it doesn't really matter that much. Now, and now they change some stuff every once in a while that annoys me. Like that whole Iron Patriot thing, that was just... Stupid. Well, I thought it was a good uh, story arc in the comics, but again, that wasn't... I mean, I didn't like it as much in the movie. I don't know. Like, War Machine is his own character. His armor is done a certain way. Like, War Machine fits the name. Yeah, in you the know? comics, I mean, it wasn't War Machine. The, the, in the obviously, comics, the comics in the movies are going to have to be different, but... Yeah, the in the comics, it was Norman Osborn had his own... Le- he was a uh, head of... Shield actually, and he had his own team of Avengers. Like Venom was the new Spider-Man, and all the other Avengers. It was the effects of the Civil War. Like it was illegal to be a vigilante without registering with the government. And Norman Osborn was the yeah. Patriot. It's pretty. I, I, I thought it was a cool storyline. Civil War was an amazing storyline. Oh hey, they kind of did was... that in uh, Ultimate Alliance too. Oh, we were talking Civil about video War games. Story. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what are your like favorite video game franchises? I mean, you said you really like Call of Duty. I assume you really like Mario and Zelda. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, i tell you what two games I love. Strider and Ninja Gaiden. Okay. Strider. Oh, so many people forget about that game. Yeah, I don't know it. I'm not familiar. They released it uh, this year, actually. Now, now, I think it was just for PlayStation because, you know, they had a standard on what console they wanted it on. <clears throat> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're just kind of giving me more reasons to jump ship. <laughs> With Alex Strider, Ninja Gaiden was always a classic game, too. Because if anything, the soundtrack was the shit. I, I mean, as a man who has played that third or fourth level over and over and over again, <laughs> the, the music at least helped make it not so bad. So I'm not familiar. What is Strider? Strider, it's... Str- you, you explain it. Like, Strider was really interesting. Like, basically, you're part of this association of assassins. And if I remember correctly, like, your buddy uh, goes missing, and you go trying to find him, and then he ends up going rogue. And so, like, you run around, and you have, like, this sword that you keep, like, behind your back and just flip it forward. Like, that game required that giant five-pound turbo joystick controller. Yes, like, it really did. It's a very um, fast-paced side-scroller with a sword. Cool. Yeah, like, you had a bunch of abilities. You had, like, a slide attack. Uh, you had, like, a fireball. There was, there was a lot of versatility to the game. The way the character moves is very similar to the main guy in uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah, that, that one, that, that's actually a really good analogy. <laughs> Yay! So, Yay, analogy! Yay. 
you mentioned uh, something to me about uh, you and your friends did a Super Mario Brothers cosplay or something. Is that is that okay to bring up? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, me, my girlfriend, and her kids. Yeah, we have something in Indianapolis now called PopCon. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of like Comic Con, Gen Con, that type of thing. PopCon is Indianapolis only. Uh, I know one of the guys, Matt Smith, uh, Smitty, we all call him. He was one of the people behind starting it. And it's pretty much just a con just for Indianapolis. They had a lot of really uh, cool people on there, too. They had, like, the second Red Ranger. Uh, they had the guy that played Shepard on Firefly. They nice. had uh, the woman that played Dwala on Battlestar Galactica. Um, they had the guy that wrote Ninja Turtles that started it. They had a bunch of people on there. And my girlfriend wanted to go and i'm like oh yeah and she's like well the kids want to dress up and we were gonna do mario i was gonna do bowser but the costumes were like 200 bucks and i wasn't about to pay that Jesus. but then i'm like oh we'll do yoshi so whenever we took pictures like we all had our little poses and one of the kids would be sitting on my back like they were riding me like a yoshi doll so like cool. one was mario one was luigi and one was toad and uh and then my girlfriend was princess Peach. And there's actually a hilarious picture somewhere of me. There was a guy dressed up like Thor, and there's a picture of him riding me, <laughs> like him like on my back, acting like we're charging into battle. Oh, it's freaking hilarious. That's there's amazing. another photo of me trying to fight a Pikachu, like <laughs> Yoshi versus Pikachu. It was it was a lot of fun. Like and and like the camera people, like they're professional photographers, and like people were sending them. They're like, you've got to find the Mario family. Like you've got to take pictures of them. Like, we won a $100 gift card from a video arcade because we were, like, the best cosplay family. Nice. <laughs> it, it's always good when people are saying parenting done right and little kids are going, Dad, why can't you be that cool? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're officially a meme for good parenting. Yes. Yes. Actually, I think somebody did make a meme out of it. <laughs> we're on it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, before we go into anything else, uh, we're still talking about the consoles a little bit. I want to ask both of you, actually. As of right now, the PS4 is leading with sales over the Xbox One. Awesome. Right? Yeah, it is. Do you think it's kind of an unfair advantage because Microsoft literally is only selling to half the amount of countries that Sony is? That's not, no. That's not Sony's fault. That's on Microsoft. Well, they're not allowed. Oh, really? They haven't gotten the rights to sell to the other countries yet. Do you think they only want... Well, who's that on? Is that on them or is that on Sony? Japanese government? Here, <laughs> I don't know. Here, here, here's, the thing with, here's the thing with that. With, uh, with PlayStation 4, um, when they first came out, $100 cheaper, uh, had more features. You didn't have to pay for as much stuff. It, now, does, does Xbox One have a Bluetooth have a Blu-ray player? Yes, Xbox One does have yes. Blu-ray. Oh, okay. I about to say, because that was, like, when I was deciding which system I was going to buy, that was a huge thing. Yeah. Because I was gonna, I wanted to get a Blu-ray player, and I'm like, well, if I can get that and a gaming system. The uh, Xbox definitely backed the wrong horse in that fight with a 360 doing HD DVD that died out within months back in the last yeah. console wars. So, yeah, the, there's a lot. Right now, there's a few more games that are PS4 exclusive uh, than Xbox One exclusive. If you ask me, the price for either system isn't exactly worth it for the amount of games you have, but most of the games I want, can I can get on either system. 
I think, that I'm looking yeah. forward to in the future. Yeah. Now, PlayStation is smart about that, though. If you buy a new game for the PS3 and you want to upgrade to the PS4, you can just turn in the PS3 version and pay 10 bucks. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. What? Like, that, 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 that was a smart move on their part. Xbox had the deal with GameStop to do that through GameStop. Uh, I used to work at oh, GameStop, okay. so, yeah. Um, oh, you can talk bad about GameStop now. Yay! <laughs> Oh, confetti, it's finally okay to talk bad about GameStop. Hey, I don't have to worry about getting fired. They they had a deal where you would come in and trade the game in through them to get the new Xbox version. PlayStation, they wouldn't do it for because PlayStation well, What are you going to do with all deal. your Xbox 360 or PS3 games if you do that? Because you can't play them on the new systems, right? Now, can, is... Is Xbox One backwards compatible? I don't think so. No, neither of them are. Select. Like, maybe very select. No. No? Neither of them are. Okay. Yeah, no. See, and that that really annoys me. Like, that's one thing I hated when they made that change to the PS3, where they stopped making it backwards compatible. Yeah, because clearly they could do it. But supposedly it it ramps the the price tag up too much. Yeah, I guess it'll be like, make everything $100 more or something like that. But now we have to carry around multiple consoles... You know, to play it like, God damn you, Sega Genesis, why can't I play your Sega Genesis cartridges on my 360? <laughs> like, for real. Now, now, there is one thing that, that I do like that PlayStation does. I don't know if Xbox does, but with my PlayStation Network, like, any game that I bought that can play on, like, my PSP Go, I can play on my PS3, I can play on my PS4. Oh. Like, anything that I bought. Um, that I bought and downloaded, I can play it on all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that with Xbox because I don't have a one. I mean, I'm not going to buy one until it drops to like 200 Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I can't justify spending over $200 for a gaming system. I can't justify spending over that price point when there's just not that many games. The moment is when I'm going to switch over will be when... They aren't even making 360 or PS3 games anymore. You know, they're just focusing on the next gen, and they're not making them for both. Um, and if you yeah, ask like, me, why I absolutely have to, that's when I'm going to change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you ask me, like, right now it's kind of unfair because I feel like certain games are dumbing down their graphics and stuff so they can release it on both uh, gens. Yeah. yeah. All right, so- Thank you so much for coming and doing this with us, man. This has been fucking awesome. Yes, thank you, thank you. It's always a pleasure talking nerd things with fellow nerds. Oh, dude, I had fun talking to you guys. This, this is probably one of the most entertaining interviews I've ever had. Thank you so much, man. That that means a lot to us. It and, does. It really does. Uh, your poetry is a, is a great break from the monotony of this talk, talk, talk show. <laughs> thank, we, we thank you so You're much for this. Me now. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Guys, if you're interested in checking out more of his shit, as we mentioned earlier, he's got an album called Common Sense Shoryuken on Bandcamp. Uh, very cheap price. Go check it out. It's worth the fucking money. Oh, one thing, though. You did it wrong. It's Common Sense Shoryuken. Shoryuken. I, I would also like to point out that the uh, the cover of the album does have a four down, four diagonal plus punch. Any other albums out there uh, or any other ways that they can support you that you want to let them know about? If anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can reach me on my fan page, facebook.com slash DDE The Slammer. I'm also on uh, Instagram, Twitter at DDE The Slammer. 
SoundCloud I have on there. You can search DDE Disclaimer on there as well. Uh, and that's DDE, like Delta, Delta, Echo. There's no P or anything in there. And then the Slammer, it's all separate. Slammer's not spelled any funky, weird way, just S-L-A-M-M-E-R. And, yeah, I do all sorts of events. I've done all sorts of things. I'm very negotiable with things. Uh, this season, Versus and Flow on TV1, I'm going to be featured on that. The episode that has the singer Joe on there, that's the episode that I'm on. Oh, so man, that's you can so catch me cool. on TV doing that. We'll definitely keep an eye open for that. That's fucking awesome. Uh, what channel is that premiering on? Uh, it's going to be on TV1. Oh, okay. And uh, you also, of course, got your Bandcamp, um, ddetheslammer.bandcamp.com. Yes, yes, it still, it still has my first CD. Awesome, man. Um, this has been a fucking pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this, dude. You were, We would love to have you back on sometime if you want to do another episode. And, uh, um, oh, definitely, dude. I, I love talking to you. I'm sure the listeners feel the same way. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the time out to do something that, even though Kentucky says is legal, New York says isn't. <laughs> oh yeah i wouldn't do this in new york i know better <laughs> podcasting while driving i guess that makes us kind of bad role models or no it enablers. doesn't matter we're rebels that's what we are <laughs> uh it's been nothing but a pleasure man uh hope to talk to you again soon man for sure man we look forward to hearing from you too all right good luck at your gig tonight all right thanks man if you want to check us out you know we're on facebook too <laughs> facebook.com slash fairpoint podcast and uh oh we're on twitter twitter uh at fairpoint pod on twitter you can send us an email to fairpoint podcast at yahoo.com absolutely uh if you want to plug some of your shit if you've got something to sell and uh you're interested in reaching out to us hit us up if you've got topic ideas hit us up any of that shit Ooh, email sweet <laughs> yes uh we are also on YouTube. We're adding more and more stuff as we go. By the uh, daily, kind of. Not kinda. necessarily always by the daily. YouTube.com slash Fairpoint Podcast. And I'm on YouTube, YouTube.com slash Shaggy the Shaman. And so am I. YouTube.com slash Dan Callahan the Boston. No, I'm kidding. That kind of got shut down for some reason. Uh, all the videos were moved to private, and I don't even know the password. It's a long story. Yeah, it's a long story. Whatever. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, from the secret room, I'm Nathan Kapiser. And I'm Craig Lewis, and I will probably get a PS4.